Hey, everybody. Great show this morning. We talk about some of the pumps that are happening in the NFT space, specifically on projects like Nakamigos and Other Deed. We talk about where the market is at, what blur farming is going to look like over the next couple of months, and what it ultimately means for the space longer term. Today's sponsor is Iconic Moments, specifically their Can You Dig It drop. And we actually give away a free NFT in honor of the sponsorship. The code to claim is Bronx, B-R-O-N-X, to claim the NFT at the nifty.com slash claim. Make sure that you check out the Can You Dig It drop by Iconic Moments and hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the NFT Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. Got a great show for you. If it's your first time listening, we run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, technology, finance, entertainment, gaming, art, and everything. Between. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business. I think he has to mute himself on Twitter. Uh, Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders Gaming Studio, producing Cyber Stadium smash hit uh, crypto game. Love to see it. He's also a co-founder in the Nifty. He's also the intelligent degenerate himself, making big bets, taking big swings. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. Easy, it's Bodega. The dog behind Bodago's NFT soon to hit a blockchain near you. The host of GMGM Market Talk, the host of Web3 Made Easy. Love seeing him grow as a content creator. Can't wait for the Bodago's collection to release. Signal, coder turned content creator, the host of Artist Spotlight. Absolutely crushing it uh, in the NFT space as a content creator, as an analyst of the market. Uh, just absolutely dominating. And last but not least, we have Bunny. Bunny, your bio just says that you accidentally bridged your U to Cardano. I think I clicked the wrong button. I didn't know you could bridge U to Cardano, Bunny. Me neither, P.O. <laughs> Easy, what do you think of this? You think he's going to make it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Cardano's a stable coin. So uh, he did the right thing here. He's safe. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you're able to figure that out. And uh, at the last second before the buzzer, ladies and gentlemen, some institutional capital entered the room. Spencer, the founder of Spencer Ventures, holder of all your favorite blue chip NFT projects. Um, NFT analyst extraordinaire. Absolutely love having Spencer on the show. We got a great show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about Blur, talk about Sam Bankman-Fried's recent charges. And the show is sponsored by our friends at Iconic Moments. Second time that they sponsor us. We're excited to have them back. We have Chris and Paul from Iconic Moments talking about the Can You Dig It drop that is happening imminently in collaboration with the Universal Hip Hop Museum and very talented artist Lionel Radisson, a.k.a. Machio 135. So stick around for the end of the show to learn more about Iconic Moments. We might even have a free NFT for you. That's Iconic Moments themed. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, uh, before we get into the weather report, Nifty Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. It doesn't show me on stage on my phone. Uh, it shows me as a listener. Well, today your audio's messed mic. up. Yeah, your your, your yeah, audio. Garbage mic, tough guy. <laughs> Are you in an empty pool? <laughs> I love how everybody's so thrilled at the opportunity to go at Nick over audio. It's like they've been waiting forever. You sound like now a we can't hear you. Now we just can't hear you, buddy. I'm gonna take you off the Twitter page, Nikki. Um, 
Oh, I have the turn safe, Nick. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. We can hey, hear you. Beautiful, beautiful. Spencer, how are you doing this morning, man? Uh, Spencer, everybody's uh, I'm doing great, Theo. You know, is this working? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, so then you just move along. You hear me, and then you're like, oh yeah, God, your audio works. Spencer, you how's it going? You can't have a conversation with me anymore. It's like, uh, confirmed it works. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Is that how it usually? Ha hey, is your phone working? Is your fo your phone's working? Cool. Have a great day. Well, I think that response right there suffices for your your mic time here. Oh, well, we can go to Spencer now. Nick, I just want to congratulate you on escaping from the cave you were in earlier. It was one of the quickest escapes I've ever seen. Um, but you know, you love to see it. And Pio, I'm sorry. I'm doing what cave? Oh, before your audio. Oh, the audio. Clear. Yeah, it was, I was making it didn't land. You know, sometimes you make a joke, sometimes you land, sometimes you don't. It's kind of one of those mornings, but we're gonna keep <laughs> rolling with it. Oh yeah. Um, ETH is up. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm looking. My bags haven't fallen off a cliff. Um, so that's good. Uh, other deeds are up too. Got a bunch of those. They were looking not so hot for a moment. They're looking hot again. And uh, life is good. I don't know. I can't complain. Um, things are things are feeling saucy. I love to hear it. Kix was telling me that uh, Cyber Stadium's going well. The new game that he's released. So love to hear that too. Easy. How about you? How are things in Easy Town? Good. Good. I found something fascinating last night that I'm excited to dive into. The Solana blockchain legally went above board and managed to fractionalize a house. <laughs> really? Yeah, Whose house? They bought a house in Texas and uh, for accredited and non-accredited investors to invest in, and they pay you monthly rent directly to your Phantom wallet, and it's completely above board. I was shocked. I mean, that sounds just flat-out boring. Uh, I'm surprised. It sounds like a safe play. <laughs> they raise the exact capital. They cover maintenance costs. It just is like, Wow. An actual use case to fractionalize it and uh, get people involved. I was like, this is like the most boomer thing ever that I'm so excited about. Well, that's fun. That's exciting. Uh, we're going to dive into all things NFT market in just a minute. Uh, signal for the weather report. Please take it away. Yeah. GM, GM, everyone. Today, Wednesday, the 29th of March, let's get into total market volume. That is up at 51 million across the board. Uh, Blur still taking the majority at 31 million, while OpenSea's back up from single figures now, sort of touching 13. Onto the leaders, we've got Apes back over 60, which is good to see. Mutants at 13.2, Punk still holding. Azuki back up at 14. You've got Captains as well, back up at uh, 5.1. Pudgy's holding 4.4, and Moonbirds and Doodle sort of around a 3.2, 3.3 range. So most of the collection holding or slightly up. Over the past 24 hours, well, Blur announced that they are working on something, but it's now going to be delayed. It was meant to come out on April 1st. That's not going to happen. So as a consolation prize, they said season two points will remain doubled until May 1st. Sounds like good news, but unfortunately for Blur, Twitter sentiment was very negative on this. So if you go look at the comments, it's all boo-hoo to Blur. Uh, on to Metamask. Metamask have confirmed that there is no generational wealth happening anytime soon. There is no airdrop. There is no snapshot happening on March 31st. Despite all the rumors of making sure you're bridging and swapping, etc., the company has tweeted that these are all false and dangerous rumors. On to uh, what's happening over on Polygon. Almost 80% of the youths now have bridged over from Solana to Polygon in the first 24 hours. The BTC D-God has been raffled off now. And on Magic Eden, Polygon volume is more than 260 ETH and the floor is holding 1.7. So the collection and volume looking very strong. 
strong over there. And lastly, Nakam. And Nakamigo's collection hasn't stopped as well in the past uh, 24 hours. It is the third highest volume uh, collection outside of Rap Punks and other Ds. The collection hit an all-time new high, breaking point three before settling and holding this morning. On to crypto, things are looking beautiful there. It's uh, uh, BTC is over uh, 28,000. ETH is over 1,800. So it is clear skies across the markets for now. Back to you, folks. Absolutely fantastic weather report, as usual, signal. Some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest. Sign up at the nifty.com, T H E N I F T Y.com. What are you waiting for? You have to sign up to claim the free NFTs. Uh, Sam Bankman Fried, disgraced former CEO of FTX, has been accused of paying over $40 million to bribe at least one Chinese official as part of a deal to unlock some of Alameda's frozen assets, which contained around $1 billion of cryptocurrency so some uh some interesting news <laughs> fidelity the asset management giant has announced it is recruiting a crypto and token research team to build out its crypto practice so some tradfi getting involved uh in our neck of the woods tommy hilfiger has announced that it will premiere a multi-metaverse hub during metaverse fashion week which will take place in decentraland and offer guests poaps uh, and AR virtual try-on offerings. So they're still running with this uh, metaverse wearable type of fashion show thing for Fashion Week. Uh, last but not least, <laughs> in Solana news, as Easy pointed out before, Homebase announced that it sold its first tokenized home on Solana, where investors will begin to receive rent directly to their crypto wallet via USDC. I'm assuming that USDC is on Solana. Uh, looks like a nice house, a little brick house. It's pretty cool cool is this in like the boonies in texas where, where is Dallas, this in texas i don't what even do you, know where it is what is your expected return like five bucks a month like how much <laughs> they how said it's uh, in on this one house <laughs> it's like two thousand i think so yeah it's not much but uh they give an accurate irr it's like eight percent over five years it's Imagine like the poor just, person just buys this house they got like no idea they're like they're like <laughs> nationwide news like <laughs> yeah why I mean, wouldn't just, you just buy it treasury bond i don't understand like why why do you need to fractionalize a house this I mean, is more yeah. fun nick it's way yeah, more it's fun you fun. get real estate exposure instead of like once again boomer bond exposure it's boomer investments and i'm here for it diversification i love it uh nick before we we dive in i mean look we, we want to talk about blur we want to talk about this this home thing maybe a little bit talk about some of the market movers like captains beans other deed and cubs is there anything that you wanted to dive into first nick yeah, first what I'd like to do is I just requested to speak on the space there, Pia. So that's the first thing that I'd like to acknowledge is that I deserve to be on stage. Um, the uh, the second thing uh, that I think we can discuss, I saw some people tweeting at me about these Nakamigos as though I was fading them. I don't recall. I said to like, stop giving Sartoshi money. That's what I said. I and was fading them. Publicly. Okay. You were well, fading. Nick them. definitely called them a scam. P.O. didn't say anything negative about them, but it is funny because they said that Sartoshi isn't involved, which makes me actually do think that Sartoshi is maybe involved. They thanked him on the sellout tweet. It literally <laughs> listed 10 people, and the very last one was, and thank you to Sartoshi. But that would make sense because it was it was his community that got the 75% for free. So, yeah. he, like, they say he's not involved. So, if he's not involved, that part of it makes sense because of like seventy-five percent goes to free, and then the other the other half goes to public. But then, 
maybe he is involved. I don't know. He's like, running like, back to the Beanie be. playbook. Remember, Beanie would like not be involved in all these different projects. You know, yeah. like no, no, no. Like, I'm a small minority investor in Look Slabs and yeah, you know, we. I barely own Wolf Game. No, but the thing is, crazy. yeah. But the thing is, in like even though everyone's afraid in this, they've managed to get like the right whales in this, and oh, yeah. they have accumulated positions of over like 200 of these knuckles. So, uh, like. Whatever, like fade it, not fade it. The point is, it's still like the third highest collection right now, which it's is cute. insane because number one is rap punks, number two is other deeds. So it just goes to show you, like, if a good collection comes out when the market's a little bit tepid, you can get runs like this right now, and you can't really fade oh, yeah. in the volume. And I really like or some of the like some of the traits and the visuals, like, and as you said, signal with like the, it, a lot of this stuff is like momentum. You know, when it captures the zeitgeist of like, the NFT community, it's just gonna run. Like I wouldn't be surprised, like if these things tap one ETH at, at some point in time. That well, wouldn't be that the would crazy. be the upper that'd be the upper bound that I would expect from it. They and touch uh, one ETH, by the way, there's two massive commitments. One person has to get Farouk's face tattooed on their ass, posted yes. publicly on Twitter. Farouk yes. is openly quote tweeting it, and another person said that they're going to eat their own poo. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, oh, Bunny? That's disgusting. Didn't Bunny okay, say so, that? Uh, Bunny may have said something even wild. That was me. Yeah, that, that was that's just gross. <laughs> Um, that's just disgusting. <laughs> I don't understand how that's even like uh, part of the conversation, but all right. Dude, um, he, he made that call when these were at like point one. I mean, like, point oh seven. Felt safe. Felt safe. So <laughs> that's, that's a confident call. So that's, that's so. That's, you just hear Buddy in the background. That was me. That's disturbing. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I've been just airdropping money to uh, MF or holders anonymously, and uh, but it, we, we have nothing to do with Sartoshi. You know, <laughs> it's nothing to do with Sartoshi. Um, yeah, I think that's just like a good way to get uh, Sartoshi involved. We need to thank Sartoshi with everything that we do now. Be like, hey, we got an airdrop today. Uh, we're giving out a free NFT. Hey, shout out to Sartoshi, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, making it possible. That and thank you, Sartoshi, is like how when you watch Beetlejuice, the last credit is and Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. It's like it's his movie. You're putting his name last, but it's his movie. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with Sartoshi. It's identical. Um, I think all of us instantly thought of the Beetlejuice reference. First thing that came to mind. <laughs> I just watched that recently. And I, I mean, you've seen other movies where it's like, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson has, it's like, dude, it, it's his movie. He's getting paid the most. It's his thing. He's selling it, you know? What, yeah, what, what's it's, wrong? Should he not be in the credits? I don't understand. No, it's like, instead of putting the name first, you put it last. Oh, I see. That's what yeah, I'm saying. No, I'm not saying don't credit the person. <laughs> I feel like it's a, gr it's a gracious thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. It's saying, Hey, I put other people first. Yeah. You know, I put the people, I put the team first before myself. So, I showed up last in the credits. Sartoshi shows up last in the credits, but he's at the top of the, the payout. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, the Nakamigos, what I'll say about Nakamigos and Easy Spencer kicks, it'll signal anybody, uh, check me on this. I just feel like the majority of the active NFT market likes this kind of thing. This is what they like. As in, this is more favored than if if somebody rolls out something that's really like well planned and well thought out, and you know this, that, and the other thing. They prefer this. Like the vibes on this are much more favored by over fifty percent of the crypto market, and it's and that market is won over by stuff like this. Because think about it too; it's a low entry. People were able to get in sub point one, so the audience base that can participate is so much larger. 
And even like right now with the space dwindling from like a general consumer standpoint, a lot of people who are still active are still looking to trade despite just slowly burning money. It's just kind of like the people that are here. And a lot of the sentiment on Twitter, as wild as it sounds, some of the tweets I've seen are outlandish. They're like, yeah, this is going to be the next board API club. It's got early BAYC vibes and they're dead serious. They're like, this is, this is Robin Hood type thing. We're stealing from the rich and getting rich. And it's like, I don't know if that's the case. But like when you have these 0 0.03, 0.02 projects that literally go up to 0.3, like that's a huge win that's for the 30x. That can change someone's stars in the NFT world. You know, there's someone out there that had 0.10 left, put half of it on this thing. And this is like Jim from down the street who hits this, and now he's telling Bob from up the street that he just hit this, <laughs> getting him excited yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, the, the, the only thing about these things that always concern me is like the new people who come into the space who might be introduced to a friend. And like, you know, you've been told to follow these accounts and then you have accounts saying like, which side of history are you going to be on? Are yeah. you going to be on the right <laughs> side of history? And like, uh, I, I remember this so well back in 21 where you had collections like Lazy Lime, uh, Pudgy Penguins and all these influencers like basically saying like, this is the collection to buy. And then when you're new, you buy it and you don't realize that you're actually the exit. And so obviously the people who are around right now are much more experienced, but there's always going to be somebody who's left holding the bag. And it could be people who have just seen that one whale has gone out and said, I have 235 of these, but they don't understand in terms of the food chain where they are, they're at the bottom. Uh, so you end up having a knacker and then you just ride that down to zero. So, I mean, that's going to make any money off of that one. <laughs> no, no. It's like any great pyramid. Those who exactly. got in at the top for the low yeah. entry are now able to exit at the bottom. Nick, Nick bought his board ape at a half an ETH and his accountant bought it at $400,000. You know, there's just... Lawyer. That's the name of the game. Is lawyer. The, the lawyer. Law the accountants can't afford that sort of thing, man, unless you're okay. cooking the books. <laughs> uh, Bunny, you have your hand raised. Bunny, something to chime in with? Yeah, so the interesting thing I think about Nakamigos, right, like one of their big whales moon cat he said he was taking profits so he like lowered to like a hundred he sold a bunch of them and then he re-swept another hundred so he's back up to 200 and like we're always talking about the attention economy thing they're the number two account on nft inspect in terms of global reach like they're uh like the the project account is literally number two in reach right now it's pretty crazy i mean spencer you had traded feet picks in your fund in Ven spencer ventures uh have you touched this will you touch this no, I think this is past the point of like profitability for me. And I was just, I was actually just pulled up feet picks. And, you know, for the historical record, feet picks are worth 0.04 ETH right now. So if you're like, no, oh my God, Nakamigos <laughs> are going to like a bajillion dollars. I don't know. It just, it felt like, and I tweeted this out the other day. I said, you know, it feels like something really random is going to pump. People are going to be pissed. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Um, this is super random. It's pumping. It's a pixelated random pump. Uh, at least it revealed unlike uh, straight machine. <laughs> so, you know, the ruggers are getting a little bit more sophisticated, but it just feels like we've done this before. Like we've been here before. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I don't see a long-term thesis, uh, in this project. I could be wrong. Feel free to fund me into the ground, but at 0.3 ETH, like, I don't know. But maybe they go to a half. I mean, checks went to a half, but checks felt like it had a person behind it. And that felt a little bit different. Like, I don't think this feels like checks. Yeah, it's definitely different than checks, a thousand percent. This is similar to Rare A Pepe Yacht Club, in my opinion, yep, which. Exactly. Or like a genuine undead. Yeah. Those kind of vibes, right? Yeah. 
and those agen- I, don't, I don't even think so though because I think this is I think this is really a feat picks because Rare Pepe Yacht Club at least was a derivative right um genuine undead kind of feet picks isn't a pfp a you can't pfp your feet picks right like that That's was literally difference. just a meme like Naka Amigos is a good PFP. And they're all over the timeline. You see it. And that's there's like a psychological value that plays into it when people are PFPing it and you're seeing it on the timeline and people excited. The the ones that wear ninja masks last night held a space for four hours doing live ninja training. Like they're just having fun. And that's like a big part of this. Like they were playing ninja music. They were like making sword switching sounds. It was ridiculous. I don't like, know, like, guys. That that's sounds that. That, that does not sound like a sustainable business. That <laughs> really not, connects, it's not. It's Spencer, not, that really fun. connects with me, dude. I'm looking to spend four hours a night discussing ninja training on spaces every night of the week, dude. So I don't know. But you're looking keep, over the fun of the space. Like, that's the thing. People want to just enjoy something for a couple hours. Easy's theses are like so off the wall. It's like, <laughs> don't become the main character. But a business that's discussing ninja strategies for four hours a night on Twitter. Spaces, I think it's going to zero long bullish. term. <laughs> why is it pumped this much? Like, Dude, there's reasons. This, this for one it. guy bought a uh, a spacesuit ghost four days ago for three point three ETH. Sold it an hour ago for twenty. That's a bold bet. <laughs> yeah, that's a bold bet. The biggest but hey, so far. their business use case is going to zero. Well, you know what? Kicks fortune favors the bold. So I'm a fucking pussy right now, dude. That's that's very true. Who uh, bought it for twenty ETH though? That's the real question. Like, who's out there spending twenty uh, ETH on this? Not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's uh, a solid analysis there of Nakamigos. Um, you know, Blur made their announcement. And, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a reminder uh, that today's show is sponsored by Iconic Moments and specifically their Can You Dig It NFT, which is dropping imminently in partnership with the Universal Hip Hop Museum over in the Bronx. Artwork by Lionel Radisson, a.k.a. Machio uh 135 really really excited to discuss this collection we're going to show the artwork on screen might even have our own free nft in honor of the collection later on in the show moving on to blur blur has obviously been a an overarching storyline in the nft space for a matter of months at this point uh and i mean at this point it seems that they're extending their double listing and rewards points until may 1st i think the blur expert here would be Spencer, I see Spencer grabbing his microphone. What's going on, Spencer? My favorite part of this. If you scroll down on that tweet, did you see Machi's response? No, what did he say? He just said, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It got like a a couple hundred likes. Uh, This is the funniest part about this whole thing is the person that it most disadvantages. And so I actually really like this move from Blur for this very specific reason, which is the person that is like screwed by this the most by far is Machi, right? Which is like, so here's why this matters is um, the downside to this was that if you were doing math, right? So when you're bl- blur bid farming, the number you care about is the percentage of total points that you have. And this is relatively easy to figure out because most of the top points having people are on that leaderboard. So if you want simplest ways, just copy that leaderboard, see roughly what percent do you have. Um, now you have a cost associated with that, right? And then you can think, okay, roughly what does this translate to in terms of what I end up getting from them? And that is like what the, the math that you do when you're blur bid farming. So this is really bad if you've allocated a lot of your burn and your cost basis towards the beginning part on the thesis that the points will go down really substantially, uh, which they're not doing. They're staying for a month, 
right? And so your points are effectively just worth less because the total number of coins that will be distributed did not go up, right? But the percentage of total coins that you get went down because these blur bids stay incentivized. So I have actually started to look at blur bid farming again. It's become juicy once more, of especially if Machi is just giving up, which is the, the, the most <laughs> bullish thing. This is also generally, I think, good for blur. Because I don't think Machi is like a diamond-handed uh, blur token holder, right? Um, so I think this is kind of a funny like way that uh, blur is getting back at the sort of blur is dominated by Machi narrative. Okay. And I mean, easy. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I just wonder, like, how relevant will blur be like one year from now, right? Because I've been in NFTs for over two years now, and OpenSea has been relevant the whole time, right? Looks Rare came along definitely not relevant anymore and i'm just trying to figure out blur feels like it could certainly be relevant be relevant thousand percent like this is I like blur. same i and hate like, a, i hate who, blur too though people who actively trade want something that lets them move in size and scale in a more efficient manner and it does like that's a big thing is like it's very well focused and like incentivizes people who hold multiple nfts and want to buy things quickly and sell quickly like the trading aspect of it I think NFTs will always have a part of it, and that just provides an option for it. And it's done a very good job. I mean, they're still the largest traded marketplace and have been since, I want to say, January. They've and, continued. And just a powerful thing, Easy. Like, whenever I think about buying an NFT or selling an NFT, I just go to Blur because I know I'm going to get the best price because it has like the most efficient. It aggregates everything. Yeah. Like, even if there's a cheaper one on OpenSea, I'm getting a better deal on Blur because I can see if it's lower. You have instant liquidity because of the sell orders that are consistent there. And I think it's like they're reaching a point where it's become a habit more than anything else for people to buy, sell, and trade on there. That becomes tough to break. Even without the point system, they're still going to incentivize people just because it's like, oh, I've been doing this for six months. Why would I change? Well, and you think that they're probably like in – they may still always have some sort of points. points. Actually, no. At, at a certain point, they can't just still loot the token that much. But you would think that they'd probably swap out with like utility for the token at that point maybe. Right, like that's when they drop like interesting tokenomics. Or this is also the thing too is like like I think a lot of people incorrectly comp them to looks rare, and you have to remember that looks rare like never eclipsed OpenSea in volume. Like this is a really really I mean maybe during the wash trading, but the looks rare wash trading was actually wash trading. Like looks rare wash trading was people selling to themselves, and a right? random collection would like sell like an eight hundred. Do, do you know how many thousand dollar mebits? Thousand. Yes, it was Mibit Mibit. sales yeah. happened on looks rare. <laughs> There's like hundreds of them, right? So when people say wash trading on um, blur, the wash trading on blur is actually selling from one person to a different person. So this is like actually close. It's not quite the same as like real OpenSea volume, but I do think in general, actual volume is still much, much higher on blur. Um, and so like, you know, is this going away? Uh, not anytime soon, right? Yeah, fair. I mean, and, and it seems like the gentleman that runs Blur Pac-Man has quite the pedigree. He's one of these, uh, you know, like he would have been a Web2 entrepreneur building a sick, you know, Web2 startup or something 15 years ago. But because he's like 24 years old now, this is what he's attacking. Kicks? I love his hairstyle. If I <laughs> like if my like I had like a like a chip in my neck, you know what I mean? And like I was running from the government, I needed to like deactivate something. That's the guy I would go to. <laughs> well, there like, you go. He, he does, has the best jawline in Web three. I'm just, I'm just gonna say that now. Jawline. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a stronger jawline 
across the market. Like, you think that's you know, all natural or you think he's actually working on it? <laughs> no, I think he's like, I think it's all natural. And there are a lot of men in Web3 and I haven't seen a better jawline. But like, I think, I think like what's happening. I mean, look at that. Look at that jawline. It's just like Michelangelo, like sculpt, sculpt, sculpt. Wow. I did not, uh, I did not expect Signal to basically comment on, on this gentleman's jawline. He does look like he's out of like a, a, a side movie from the Matrix saga. But go ahead, Zeg. Definitely, definitely like Mr. Anderson's sidekick. Um, no, but I think um, the, 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 um, like so. So now we've got OpenSea, we've got Gem, uh, and Really Blur, right? Those are the three. And when a new person comes in, I don't think they're going to be using Gem. They're going to use OpenSea, right? And over time, it's about changing behavior and changing patterns. And I think what's interesting is like it's like even if you're not a whale trader, just by looking at what is happening on that platform, you're instantly curious and you instantly start using the platform. And so it then becomes this question of, well, why would I use OpenSea? Like, Blur has better analytics. It's faster. It's And I mean, for me personally now, the, the only thing they need to do is allow it so that mobile, when you're on your mobile and someone's like, this collection has volume, you click into it and you can just see what's happening. If they can just pull out that feature, I think Blur becomes the number one well, platform and they hold that position because it doesn't look like OpenSea is going to be doing anything with tokens this year. And so Blur, even if they pause it, in uh, end of May, they can always reactivate it in July or any time later if they ever see that their market share is going back down. So they have strings that OpenSea can't pull. And I think that's what makes it a very interesting platform. Spencer? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think uh, you can actually access Blur on mobile. So I actually usually don't use crypto on my phone at all. But I downloaded MetaMask, made a fake account, and in the MetaMask browser, you can just uh, sign a transaction to open it. So I agree it's a little bit kludgy right now, but um, if you are looking to access Blur on mobile, it is a thing that you can do. Fair enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a poll pinned to the top, which is, have you accumulated any season two blur points? Why or why not? Uh, answer the poll. We got some comments. People are saying, I have no idea how blur farming works. Uh, I get it. I get it. I mean, look, it's it's not something that they teach you in school, uh, but we'll have to see what the story is, you know, with this season two blur farming and how relevant it is. Look, we got some top market movers in the last seven days. Captains up 17% to north of 5 ETH. There's been some volatility there. It went as low as almost 4 ETH and as high as like almost 5.5 ETH. So definitely been some volatility there. Azuki Beans not going away, up 18% to 1.45 ETH. Other deed, uh, a bear market giga pump up to 1.93 ETH. And last but not least, Cubs, that's KUBZ up 18% to 0.8 ETH. I'd love to know, oh, Nick's grabbing the mic. Here we go. Well, you didn't, you didn't include the portal, which is up to 0.21 ETH. I mean, just absolutely booming at this moment in time off of a, a floor of 0.16. I mean, this is just absolutely transformative PO. And I'd attribute most of that to the new website that we have and people wanting to get in on the action. You know, that's something is just, historical. Uh, and I think a lot of people are paying attention to it. Love to hear it. Uh, easy. I, can't stop. I, I don't, I, people just don't stop tweeting about it. So you got to understand that. Like, it's just all that I hear about. I don't hear about Nakamogos, Nakamigos, <laughs> whatever the heck it is. Nakam Naka, Naka going to make it at the, uh, you know, all I see is tweets about 
uh, free NFTs from our site. That's all that I say. It's crazy. Probably because I'm retweeting all those tweets. Uh, they're probably all over your timeline. Easy, what do you make of some of these runs that we've seen? Captains, Beans, Other Deed, Cubs. Like outside of Other Deeds, what do you think's kind of, you know, causing the uptick in price? I think it's showing this like next wave of interest. Like projects that continue to ignore the general like space, like the macro conditions of like everything's doom and gloom and just continuing on like their goal is showing that they can see positive price action. Like Beans were 1.1, bounced nicely. Their Instagram's growing at a very quick rate. They're continuing to play heavily into the IP meta. And continuing to show that like they want to be more brand friendly with the beans, that's great. Captains is just head down. Nine gag CEOs crushing it. They've updated those uh, the the captains butt plug things to a new <laughs> item now, so people got excited. The babies that's are growing up. More in mine. <laughs> so they look good. I mean, they're continuing to just try stuff and see what's going to stick and work, and it it makes me excited to kind of see people still pushing announcements and trying to progress despite macro conditions. And clearly, there's still liquidity that's interested in the space. But it's just more siloed and kind of waiting to make plays and figure out where to navigate. And what about, like, for example, Lil Pudgies? I know that you've been long Lil Pudgies for a bit. Do you, do we see a trickle yeah. into like something Lil, Lil Pudgies, Sappy Seals, something like that? Well, Sappy Seals are actually up from 0.8 to 0.9. That's slowly progressed. Uh, the Lil Pudgies kind of took a hit, but they've been actually holding because the rods finally had their announcement on the utility. And the thing is, I still think that it's like, as more things roll out, we know that Luke and Nets was in the same place as the Walmart headquarters. We know they're heavily pushing towards this brand and in real life, digital kind of relationship with it. And I think that that's going to get people more excited as those start to roll out. Um, and yeah, I mean, these things have actually held very well comparatively to the rods. They've now flipped rods in price because the rods need, you need a little pudgy and a big pudgy to get the max multiplier thing that they're kind of doing. And I think Luca was in a tough spot with the rods because he was given this project as an extension of Pudgies when he acquired it. And it was almost like a, a forced hand to figure out how do we add utility to an egg that hatched a fishing rod. Well, and not only how do they add utility to an egg that ha hatched a fishing rod, but there's a huge gradation of fishing rods, right? So how do you provide a utility that scales based on rarity? And I actually think, I know there's been so, a lot of fun on the timeline. I think Luca did a great job. It was a tough spot. And I think there was also just a community of people driving expectations around rods that were like, what could it possibly have been? Like, you know, they were like, ah, oh, you know, one rod is one retirement. <laughs> like, how many times have you seen that tweet? And I just, I don't know that, that was healthy for the ecosystem, right? And so clarity is important. The thing that I also took away, which I didn't hear as many people talking about, is I think it, the way that rods were described, um, you know, what is the multiplier on? Like, I think they all but said that they're, driving towards a token, right? Like an ERC-20 token. And I'm pretty excited about that. Like, I think that one of the big theses I have in the NFT space is that NFTs are multi-stage launches of tokens. And so, uh, you know, look, what do you think of market cap? If Pudgy Penguins launched a token, if that token was traded on, a, on an exchange, so Coinbase or Binance, day one, like, what would you think that market cap would be today? Like, I think very high. I think very substantial. I also, I've been looking at some of the more rare rods. I think they may have oversold because I'm, I'm looking, and I don't really care when it happens. Does it happen in a year, two years, six months, whatever, right? I want to have those rare rods. I got enough of them big pudgies. I got enough of them little pudgies. You want, I want the rods. rods <laughs> I, I want the token, right? Like that, that's really what this all is. Is like, if you know, imagine for example, that a rare rod gives you a 2X token multiplier, right? And let's say that that token is 
of the value of a of a big pudgy. Let's say it's twenty percent of the value of a big pudgy, like um, or thirty percent, like you know, ApeCoin was thirty percent the value of a board ape, right? And so suddenly, a two x multiplier is that worth 0.33 like easily, right? Um, so I don't know. I think that that they, they may have oversold. I'm, I'm looking to add more at some point soon here. Well, it sounds like Spencer Ventures is getting ready to deploy. You had said that it's so ridiculous. This is the most absurd thing that we're taught. The 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 fishing rod, the math that we're applying to this, it's all based on spec like speculative nonsense. Basically, how many fish are you going to catch with those rods, Spencer? Huh? I'm going to feed a village. You know, you know what they say, Nick. You know what they say. Teach a man to fish, and he'll eat for a day. Sorry, no, fuck. It, give a man a fish. <laughs> Teach a man a fish. Give a man a fishing rod and he'll eat forever, you know? Give uh, a man a pudgy wad. Rod. What the hell did I say? Pudgy wad. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. You guys don't even know what to do with the damn fishing rods right now at this point. You, you didn't even know that you can fish with it. This is this is just an absurd thing. The 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 analysis that we put in of uh, it's like, look, if people are tweeting one rod equals one retirement, that's not unhealthy. That's the NFT market. Like that's <laughs> like I, I just want to be clear that like if you're gonna encourage something, encourage that because it's so absolutely ludicrous. That is what pumps everything in this space. The rods. The other day, someone was like, "Oh man." Y'all are fading these rods, man. Something big's coming with these rods. And then suddenly it goes from like 0.4 to 0.8. You could have doubled your money, which is completely legit. Um, so I, I just think like th this is the most – It's this is so NFT, man. I, I just don't know what else to say about it. Spencer, one of the things I was I was curious as far as as your collection you've been trading. I know you have large exposure to, or you used to have large exposure to proof in Moonbirds and Oddities. Have you trimmed your bag at all? Has that been? Have you kind of changed your thesis on what that's looking like going forward? I'm curious what what your thoughts are on that ecosystem yeah, right now. Um, I'm be totally honest here. We have very limited exposure at this point. I trim most of my bags the day that. Um, the blur airdrop happened. So I sold all of our Moonbirds oddities or almost all. I think we still have like five or six, but I sold like close to 200 of them for a game. The the, uh, I think it was, I think it was a slight loss. So uh, it was, it was, it was, we were basically flat in us dollars ultimately. Cause I held the ETH. Um, but we, we sold like, I think our average entry was maybe 1.3 on the Moonbirds oddities and we sold for maybe 1.2. Well, you saved um, a slight loss from a fat loss. Yeah, it was just like when it became clear that there wasn't going to be um, a conference, there wasn't going to be a token, and even like mythics are delayed. Like it just kind of was like at, at this point, I just don't, I don't know how community sentiment is going to be around it. You know, we still have the the cosmic moonbird. I don't think there's really liquidity on that. <laughs> um, we still have a couple of moonbirds, but. That that's been a really disappointing arc. Like I think that the, that team had every resource you could have ever imagined. Uh, oh, and Project High Rise wasn't happening. It was just like that's a team that had every resource they could have ever had. They had a fanatic community, and all they really needed to do was deliver on any of their promises. Just one um, of them. More more than even paper sketches. If they had a Figma wireframe of High Rise, I think the floor price would even be a little higher than it is today. I yeah. Think as well. and, 
sorry, um, Spencer, but like, I think what's really interesting as well is when you look at who the, like, aside from Azuki, if you look at who the midships are now, it's like Clonex, Doodles, Moonbirds fallen out of favor. And then what you're having right now will be D gods, uh, captains. Uh, so you've got Frank, Ray, and Luca. Those three have very like similar styles of leadership in this space. And you're just seeing a rotation of capital go into that leadership style and the sort of like more traditional, um, so the, the ones who have less of a Web3 style, let's, let, let's just call it that, um, are sort of like fading away and capital is rotating out of that. And so I think right now, like the pattern to look for is like, if if there is a project that comes out and you look at the founders and you look at their style and you look at their energy for them to be able to maintain the momentum that they're going to need to be able to break through, it just seems as though right now the the capital will continue to flow there, but there is an opportunity for somebody else to come in with a similar style to the three I've just mentioned to, to also take a trophy place because too many of the other projects have fallen off and sort of faded in, not faded into oblivion, but have lost the attention. So right now I'm looking at the leadership style and th this is why it's so, for me at least, it's so important to have like a doxed founder so then you can actually assess them and judge them on, on how they lead the community and their products in the space. And I think Frank, Luca and Ray have done an, a phenomenal job of that so far. And that's if you yeah. want to go the legit route, if you want to go the Nakamigos route, then it has to feel like it wasn't that much. No, I'm not. You guys are smiling. I'm saying that, like there's this whole over 50 percent of the NFT market that likes like the sort of they didn't try that hard because it's cool to not try that hard. And it's all about vibes and the guys ain't on. And so, OK, and I like this one. And like, you know, like that versus like almost a corporate approach. Nick, it looked like you wanted to weigh in. It's too much credit to Nakamigos here. Like, it, it, I'm it's not giving it's, them credit. I'm just it, talking about the market's response to things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's 5,400 owners of Nakamigos. That's pretty good in the bear market. Which is good. Uh, of 20,000 of these things, which is also crazy that the floor is at what it's at um, as a result of it. The next me bits. It's, 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 okay. it's, it's a meme of which there's temporary interest. And the reality is, sorry, what? Go ahead, Nick. I, I, sorry, Kix wanted to say something, it sounded like. Uh, after each sentence, maybe? Hold on, go ahead, Kix. <laughs> Great trade. They're going to flip mutants. <laughs> All right, so anyways, uh, whatever. The Nakamigos, uh, they'll, uh, they'll end up making it, but uh, it's a meme for the time being, and it just doesn't seem like, in terms of, as far as we're concerned, in terms of long-term investments, that 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 just doesn't make sense. And I agree with what Signal's saying. I mean, look, the the distinction between the ones that you're describing, Signal, and uh, Moonbirds and other projects like that, is that there's not an ongoing uh, cadence of things happening, basically, with a large portion of the market. And that's what we discussed the other day. That was literally the thing that we said, where you have campaign-driven, traditional uh, web, not even web two, it's not even web, it's like music industry, movie industry, that sort of thing, which uh, people here just call web two because it's, I guess- It's not crypto. Yeah, exactly. But there's, uh, 
and then you have the people who are operating their NFT project effectively. Look, Board Ape Yacht Club is the standard, and they have a consistent beat that happens basically. Like there's a cadence of releases that happen, and now they're increasing them. They came out with their announcement. Uh, was that yesterday or the day before with the uh, the 2D drop? Legends of Mara. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think. I think What's that? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. So that to me, uh, that's interesting. We didn't cover it. The, um, the, we that, did. okay, well, I don't remember it. Um, the, uh, drop itself. And, uh, it's also not in any of the, um, in the newsletter or the updates, but the, uh, in terms of that particular project, they just keep dropping a bunch of things. What's interesting and will be interesting to see is how the market reacts to this sort of uh, uh, an onslaught of new items. I mean, it seems like they can drop, you know, 100K campaigns essentially once a month and that that ends up uh, generating a bunch of interest. Um, we've seen uh, Bored Apes as a result, the floor price has gone back up uh, to almost 115k which is where it's been like sort of sitting at it's ranged between there and 95 and 115 i sold at the bottom of that range because uh it made a lot of sense and uh in terms of uh this overall market i am genuinely curious to see what happens for uh like how the market reacts to their ongoing uh, cadence of drops, which is more NFTs that they're saying, they basically said it's not part of the club. That was the distinction of how they did it. I'm interested to see how the market like manages this as they roll out these things. Um, so far, it seems to have worked. They have, I mean, the amount of tokens in their ecosystem is officially, I would assume, yeah, well, after other deeds, I think it was already larger than uh, Pixel Vault, but they're hands down, I think, the largest token ecosystem at this point in time. And they're sustaining uh, relatively decent floor prices. That HV uh, MTL uh, project, which is essentially going to turn into the meccas, has a floor price of 2.3 ETH, which to yeah. me is like, That's damn. pretty good. Yeah. And then they're doing a 100K drop with Legends of Mara. Yeah, the vessels. So those will be called uh, Kodamaras, which are the tier under Kodas. It, it seems like it's going to be like a Tamagotchi meets Farmville-style strategy game to try to get the best thing you can. I do think mechs pull back post-reveal. The roadmap states that late March we're getting the reveal. So they got 48 hours. I mean, they're just... I just think this... Go, Go ahead, Nick. No, no, no. I was just going to say that they're crushing gaming. Like, pe people have the 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 haters of Yuga Labs have all the worst takes in the in the NFT space and full transparency ladies and gentlemen since I sold my mutant like a month ago I have zero exposure to Yuga Labs I have no exposure I don't even have any ape coin I got nothing absolutely you nothing another, another deed no I got nothing buy another deed I got that's nothing like, but that's the one I want they're, they're crushing gaming they're crushing it and people were like yo that's just a flash game that doesn't matter it's a flash game mongrel one of the top gamers in the world was attracted to it. And I feel like there were other professional gamers too. It wasn't just Mongrel and nobody Orangey else. made half a million dollars and now is only focused on Web3 games because of that event. And he's Fortnite pro. He's a kid at this point. He's like 20 years old, but he's trying to get more people excited. He aped like 60 Valhalla because he's like, 
These guys like video games. They're into NFTs. That's my world. Fun fact. I didn't know who that guy was. He DM'd me about video editing. So RNG has this. I don't know if I'm doxing something, but RNG has a side video editing business. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. And it's all videos. He's got like 200,000 subs on YouTube. Does a damn good job. Well, we didn't think it, might, it would make sense to move forward with him when we heard his terms. But anyway, uh, I mean, they're crushing gaming. And it sounds like there's this Farmville thing uh, that's going to like crush as well. Hey. Who else applied to work here at PO? Maybe we could also discuss their salaries that they had. And what else is everyone making in our company? We can just go down the list. Let's, it, let's, uh, let's out those things. It sounds like it, he made a make, half a million bucks make. off of a crypto game. So I'm not that worried about it, ladies and gentlemen. He's not broke. Don't worry about it. I didn't dox how much you know so-and-so makes. Anyway, Kicks, you were going to say something, then Clemente. Uh, it's going to be a dumb joke. Over to you, Clemente. Okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to ask Easy is, I, I know you mentioned Easy, you wanted to buy other deeds. You've historically been pretty bearish on them. I think that the claim was they were going to go sub one ETH or sub 0.8. Um, what what changed recently in the last month or so that that has made you want to get one now? The game, it's a game. Something about they did such a good job with Dookie Dash that with this, I'm like genuinely excited for the opportunity that comes from it. I think the vessel claim post that may present a decent opportunity. Um, for it because like you get another NFT, there's some game theory that's going to be played into it. It's a strategy game, not a skill-based game, so it's going to attract a different audience. There's a bunch of things like that that have me very excited. We just got Trip 2 into the other side, and with this Legends of Mara, I think it's going to be a proof of concept for something bigger that they're going to try to continue to kind of create and leverage. And I mean, dude, their team's continuing to grow, which I'm excited about because like now they're starting to have dedicated resources to each of these like subcomponents of the uh, ecosystem. And my call on other deed was almost spot on for where the price action actually went. And now I'm starting to become attracted with them showing more interest and in actually developing it. Are we going to give away this NFT? Because I'm pretty excited to see who ends up winning here. Well, we got to dive into our sponsor uh, discussion, of course, Iconic Moments. And what, what a great segue, Nick. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out the tweet that's pinned to the top. I'm going to remove the poll. The tweet that's pinned to the top. Uh, we are sponsored today by Iconic Moments. Second time that we have them on the show. Really thrilled to have them. The drop is the Can You Dig It drop in collaboration with the Universal Hip Hop Museum and artist Lion. Radisson, a.k.a. Makio 135 We got Chris. We got Paul here. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going. Good day for NFTs. <laughs> it's going well. It's good to be back on the show. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we, we heard about iconic moments when you guys first came on the scene a few months ago. Uh, but I think that we should refresh the audience's memory on just, you know, what iconic moments is. We can talk about the Can You Dig It drop. I also want to talk about your backgrounds, Paul and Chris, uh, because I think they're super relevant. Uh, but please, gentlemen, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So a uh, quick reminder, iconic moments is a NFT platform exclusively focused on bringing the world's museums and cultural institutions into Web3 and bringing Web3 uh, new art collectors, digital artists into cultural institutions. So uh, since announcing Iconic, we've had over 150 museums and cultural institutions from over 15 countries come our way wanting to learn more about Web3 and are really taking a, uh, a very antiquated but important industry and pushing it into the future. Hell yeah. And Paul, anything to add there? Yeah, I, you know, you were talking about like uh, our backgrounds and stuff. It's like, you know, I come from like a, a PFP degenerate background. You know, that's how <laughs> I, I 
cut my teeth in the industry. And so now, you know, as I'm our NFT strategist, it's like moving into into the art phase and working with these institutions is like it's a dream from some dude who was, you know, living NFTs, you know, two and three years ago to working with like these massive institutions that, you know, I used to visit, you know, as a kid to go into these museums. It's it's pretty cool. I know you're not bringing that up in the pitch meeting, though. I know you're not like, no, I totally traded feet picks. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure Biggie said it was all a dream. I used to flip NFTs. (laughs) That's what he said. It it basically goes like this. It's like, look, I've been building and working with cultural institutions for over eight years and then have built and scaled over three companies before. Paul is our strategist and local degenerate. <laughs> well, there, there you go. And, and Nick, by the way, Biggie's from Brooklyn. You got to talk about like KRS-One because uh, we're talking about the Bronx today because of the Universal Hip Hop Museum. Uh, j- just giving you a hard time, Nick. Uh, so the Can You Dig It drop in collaboration with the Universal Hip Hop Museum. What's what's the story there? Paul, kick us off here. So, so this is exciting for us. This is like our, our first drop. We have two different kinds of drops. And, you know, one is focused on releasing digital art from, you know, OG generative artists and that type of stuff. And the other part is our trad art. And that's, you know, people hear about our Pollock drop coming off. But the, the Can You Dig It with Mackie 135, you know, we found him. Um, when we were looking for artists, you know, you guys all know Chris Cummings or uh, Chris Bennett. And, you know, he yep. was kind of like, you know, you guys should check out Mackie. I'd seen him for a while. And he had this post about how big hip hop was for him. It was a massive influence. So we kind of approached him to release this NFT collection because we want, we don't want it just to be an art collection. We wanted it to be this like melding of hip hop and NFTs into one. So he talks about his inspiration and, and everything he designs, you know, he's got art blocks drops underneath them and stuff. And, uh, and so he came up with this, this concept of this turntable transcription method that you're seeing kind of those little waves and squigglies on there and that's basically like musical notation for djs so he's adding all of these different elements into this collection and for us it was like this perfect this perfect storm of really combining you know this analog element into this digital world and you know he, he's been doing generative art since before nfts existed so it's really fun working with with an og guy like that yeah, I mean, what I what I think makes Machio fun, right, is that he uh, he's obviously had great success. He had an incredible horror collection in our blocks and has had some other really, really amazing releases. Uh, but he actually started off in graffiti. He started off uh, in graffiti in France growing up uh, and got really into street art. And so this is kind of the first time we've ever seen the application or emerging of early 90s graffiti applied degenerative along with the turntables transcription method and kind of the marrying of these two things together. And then the Universal Hip Hop Museum is one of the, the most important new museums in the world's being built. It's a uh, 52,000 square foot museum being built in the heart of New York, right on the river in the Bronx. Uh, there's a great cover by Rolling Stone. Uh, it was just featured or just partnered with the city of New York, which uh, gave the museum over five and a half billion dollars in funding. Uh, this museum will open in 2024. Uh, part of what makes this release so cool is that the artwork in this release is going into the permanent collection of this museum. The artwork in this release will be exhibited in this museum. So anyone uh, that's participating in this release has the opportunity to walk through this museum and see the their actual artwork itself. And, you know, I think this is incredibly important, Rand. Like we all saw the controversy that happened a few weeks ago with the Louvre, where the Louvre actually wasn't participating. 
where, you know, for us, I think really focusing on building like this real bridge with museums as we do want to engage, we do want to add this work to our collection, we do want to participate is super important. It's super important. So what's the thing with the, uh, with the free NFT today, two people are going to win, I guess, one of those pieces of can, art. Can you that, dig it? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. okay, yeah. well, <clears throat> for those that are listening, when you end up claiming this, the, one of the first 250 is what I said it at today. Oh, damn. Uh, is, is, go, oh. is going to win. Oh, damn. Um, Nick so learned. It'll be gone. Uh, uh, well, there's a hundred. That's quick. There's 150 on the site, so I'm. I, we may still not even hit it at, at that exact time, but one of the first, uh, one of the first 250 or two of the two uh, first 250 will win uh, one of these pieces. Um, we also made a custom piece for uh, this this particular drop, uh, which we're excited to PO show it to you guys. I so I, yeah, I was yeah, it, yeah. It's no, awesome. it's totally sick. Yeah, I showed them. I accidentally made a different one, which we'll get to later. But then now we got the right one. It's locked in. Uh, and we have the gold version. So if you win the gold version, ladies and gentlemen, that means you won the actual giveaway NFT of the day from uh, the Can You Dig It collection. Should, Do you want to go now, Nick? Yeah, should we give the code? It's Bronx, B-R-O-N-X, Bronx. Claim so now. Can, uh, grab that free funny. NFT. Yeah. And uh, I'm not I'm not claiming it because I don't want to win yet. Somebody guessed it uh, again. Okay, what? I'm going hardcore, complicated passwords from now on. Someone guessed it. Yeah, All right, check the Discord. Someone got number two and said, "Yeah, they said it a few times in the show." I know how Nick thinks. Okay, well, <laughs> number one, I came up with the password. I didn't set that by the no, way. No, I came up with the password. That's number one. Number two, it's over. Everybody that's guessing it, it's <laughs> over. Numbers at the end of the thing, and it's game over. It's gonna be like a six nine five. I think you should be able to guess it. You know, it's over, I, I ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, password is gonna be knocked to me. It's over. Uh, we got the NFT pulled up. Um, it's over, guessers. It's done. You're never guessing again. All right. Anyway, back to back to the can you dig it drop. So we talked about the art. We talked about uh, Lionel and the Universal Hip Hop Museum. Let's talk about the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the mechanics of these NFTs and how they play into the next uh, thing that you guys have coming out, which you know I want to give you space to talk about too. So please take it away, Chris, Paul. Yeah, so, uh, you know, for me, like, you know, coming from the background I described earlier, it's like utility, utility, utility. And that was one thing, like moving into the art world. I wanted to make sure that we had more utility than just something, a beautiful image just to look at. So like with the Can You Dig It drop, um, you know, you you get access to all future drops we're doing with the Universal Hip Hop Museum. They have like some awesome, you know, I'd say some big names behind them. So we're going to do a lot more, a lot more NFT drops with them. So, you know, people get a lot of listen for those. The museum's awesome because now every month they're actually letting us give away like 200 tickets to their revolution of hip hop uh, display that they have going on right now. So if you hold one of these, we'll be doing raffles every month. So if you're in the Bronx, you get to go to that for free. They'll let give people like VIP access and some pretty cool perks when they open the museum uh, next year. And then, you know, the other part that's exciting for us, part of this like, iconic moments ecosystem is, you know, we have the Jackson Pollock drop coming up pretty soon. And so the way we have set that up is, you know, we, we started with our art pass, right? So everything we do is always about our art pass holders. So our art pass holders will access that drop at a cheaper price point. Um, they'll get a guaranteed mint out of that. And then our Can You Dig It holders 
will have phase two access to that that drop as well. So right now, that's really the only way to enter that that Pollock e- ecosystem, you know, through through iconic moments. So for us, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, kind of what what we're building up to and everything is, is pretty cool. And this drop, I mean, you can see this, I got some artwork behind me is uh, is exciting because as a digital art collector, it's like let's do this. That, I mean, incredible. And people should understand the significance, you know, of what you guys have going on, just really for the history of like NFT integration with the traditional art world. You know, uh, Chris, was there anything you wanted to add? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, we have a, a number of of releases that are coming up from incredible traditional artists and art estates and you know, art brands. And, uh, you know, I think for us, you know, the, the, we are excited to introduce these artists, right. To, to the world of digital collectors and to make sure that like we pay respect to the story and the legacy of each one of these artists. I mean, I think we'll obviously get to, to Jackson Pollock in a, in a future show and discussing more about it. But I mean, I think one thing that's that's interesting there, it's a parallel to today, is when Jackson Pollock, you know, emerged, uh, he was w- wildly criticized by the traditional art world, right? They called him Jackson the Dripper. He said he wasn't a real artist. They said that there was no skill to his artwork. And it was not respected at the time by the traditional art world, the traditional art critics. And I've seen the exact same criticisms happen of the world's emerging digital artists, right? Like Rafiq, who has this incredible experience in MoMA, the traditional art world and art critic wrote it was a glorified lava lamp, right? It's the exact same thing happening about 70 years apart. And so I think it's uh, for us a really, really interesting story to tell around how often we see a new form of art arise. And of course, the traditional world's going to bash that back and poke at it. And so I think that, that for us, Right. That was why we felt it was so important to be able to really tell the story of Jackson Pollock and Lee Krasner and uh, and to be able to, to bring this to life in a, in a really, really uh, interesting and beautiful way. Incredible. And yeah, you see that across like every industry, every medium. Uh, I mean, old heads in basketball would push back against the three point line. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, so you always see that pushback. I know Monet also was not favored by the traditional art world for like a 20 year period or something like that. Impressionism was not a compliment when that term came out. I mean, you basically take any new form of art or any new type of technology, right? And it's going to be criticized. And, uh, and that's kind of what I whenever people have criticized Web3 or NFTs or blockchain or anything else, like that's actually historically par for the course. Like this is what you would expect would happen. People, of course, are going to criticize it and question it and call it not real and, and all the things they do. Uh, but this is what always happens, right? Like it always it makes happens. Me, it makes me bullish on the technology. Yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah, it's literally people hate it enough. It's like, I want in on yeah. that. It'd be a problem if it wasn't. So uh, we got one confirmed winner. I see OX Dawn 42. Sorry? We have two of them. Right, right. No, I know we have two, but I mean, someone like actually, I got his name and he like, you know, tweeted out the image of the golden one. Some people are asking, some people are asking, did I win? Did I win? The gold one, ladies and gentlemen, it's all gold. You'll know if you'll know if you won. People like there's gold on mine because there's like a slight yellow part. Guys, come on, it's all gold uh, if you won. BB trades hit the gold one. The Bodago trades hit it, which is dope. I'm gassed for me. Tag me immediately. Let's go. It's a golden ticket. That's what it looks like. So there you go. 
Awesome. Um, so look, so logistically, uh, Chris and Paul, wh- what do people need to do for this? Can you dig a drop? When can they get it? You know, what's the price? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, uh, the, our partner mint starts, we already had our art pass holder mint. That was 24 hour gated only for our pass holders. And then in about almost two hours at uh, 12 PM Eastern time, we have our partner mint and that's at 0.07 ETH. And so that's like a lot of communities that, that we've been working with for, for quite a while, you know, Zeneca, Proof, Moonbirds, Oddities, Wumbo, uh, Gene Dow, Random Character Collective, DK. We got some pretty pretty awesome partners in there. So they get to mint here starting at noon and at noon Eastern time. And then at 6.15 Eastern time, it'll open up to the public. And that's at 0.09 ETH. So that's when anybody not on the partner allow list can get in there and try to grab one and, you know, access that whole ecosystem and, you know, get, get into that Pollock drop too. Incredible. So, so just you can a, go to our Twitter and, page. And, and, yeah, Iconic has the, the mint link and everything on there. And, and, and Paul, go. I don't, I don't know if you, you dug into that. I mean, uh, no pun intended. I really, so I just phrased that. <laughs> that, uh, that you know, anyone that is holding a, uh, a a can you dig it NFT, you know, essentially will have a a, a chance uh, to be able to get into the the Pollock release. Uh, whereas if you hold our pass, you're guaranteed one. Uh, but you know, we really yeah. care about this. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and it's, it's the type of thing where, uh, where, you know, like, so we're always focused on our art pass holders and everything, but, you know, to give people another entry into that, that ecosystem, you know, for us is pretty exciting because the Pollock thing's huge for, it's huge for all of web three. And so for us, like making sure everything is lined up perfectly, we, you know, we have, we have a responsibility to make sure that this is one of the most epic drops that comes out of web three because of who we're working with. And it'll just upload, you know, for us, it's like, it's just going to work for the whole space, right? We want this to look good for, for all of the NFT space and everything. But I, I can dispel a couple rumors about the Pollock drop. Please do. I want real quick. Cause I, I, I know the, the rumor mill is fun to read, you know, I, I can tell people what it will not be. Uh, the Pollock drop will not be an AI generated collection. I've seen a lot of people talk, oh, it's going to be AI Pollock. There will be no AI here. It's not going to be um, a Pollock that we, you know, throw on a photocopier and fractionalize or just sell that way. So it's not going to be something that has been hanging on a museum wall that we're just bringing into Web3. It, it is like a completely new expression, you know, uh, of, of what he touched that that has really hasn't even really been put out there for someone to put on a wall or anything along those lines. You know, it's like we say it, and what you will see comes from the brush of Jackson Pollock. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. And like I said, we have, we'll have more information going on, but we have responsibility of the space to, to make sure that everything is perfect. All the T's are crossed, all the I's are, I's are dotted, you know, when we, when we give everybody the inside info. Well, there you go. Dispelling rumors about the Pollock drop, which is coming up. So it's coming up in April. Um, yeah, we're looking at, we're probably looking at sometime, uh, late April, early May, potentially. There you go. And the, can you dig a drop happening right now? Uh, should mention the iconic moments art pass the previous NFT that we talked about. Sounds like those folks already got access to, can you dig it? Any closing thoughts about, can you dig it? Iconic Pollock, you know, anything gentlemen. I will take the Pollock one and then I'll let Paul wrap us up on the rest. I, uh, I see a, a comment coming in from Sarah and uh, about will you honor the work of Lee Krasner? And I, I don't think you can tell the story of Jackson Pollock without telling the story of Lee Krasner and honoring her for that that partnership. And and uh, I don't think Jackson Pollock would be Jackson Pollock if it wasn't for Lee Krasner. So 
hundred percent just want yeah. to be able to say this. And it is a huge moment for our history and her story has to be told. Paul, take us off. Yeah. Finish this up. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Can you dig it? You know, uh, that mint's going to be exciting. Probably, you know, uh, the mint is, is slightly overallocated. So if you're out there and you're in our partner community, you know, and you want one, we definitely recommend jumping in a little earlier. Uh, but when you're minting, you know, there's some cool stuff coming out. We got a couple golden tickets. If you get one that has a Universal Impact Museum logo on it, you're going to get into a raffle for another pre-NFT. We got some other cool perks for those people. And then we got some cool, like, kind of one-on-ones. You know, uh, Macchio did some cool, like, Dimitri Cherniak-type stuff where there's, like, uh, one that looks like Nessie. You know, it's just, like, a, a couple little animal figures. There's all these very basic ones and stuff like that. So people look out for those. Those are... Those are going to be cool, especially if you're listening to this and you get one of those, you know, or you didn't, you have the opportunity to kind of snipe one from someone who maybe wasn't listening to the show and knew what they had. So good luck. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, shout out to Chris and Paul from Iconic Moments, uh, specifically for this Can You Dig It drop in collaboration with Lionel Radisson, the artist, and the Universal Hip Hop Museum in the Bronx here in New York. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, if you didn't claim the NFT, go to the nifty.com slash claim uh, with the password Bronx, B-R-O-N-X, all lowercase. Uh, you know, best of luck with the drop, gentlemen. Sounds like it's already going well, and, and we'll be seeing you soon enough uh you know to talk about your future works looking forward to it and appreciate it Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if it was your first time listening, we run the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, technology, art, finance, entertainment, gaming, and everything in between. We'll be back tomorrow. Show's also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you check out Iconic Moments. Check out the Can You Dig It drop. Get familiar with the ecosystem. Shout out to our sponsor today, Iconic Moments, and we will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm -hmm.